another another Friday on the IBM TV. Um, today it's actually World Post Day. Remember back in the days when um, we used to post mails from every corner, like Nigeria, we send mails to the US, to the UK, to South Africa, to Egypt, you know, and um, you keep watching out for your mailman or mailwoman. But actually, those days I never, never saw a woman doing dispatching mails, just mailmen. So, um, and you go check your, or you go check your your email box. That's your your mailbox or your mailbag. In Nigeria, we do have mailbags, and um, we also have the mailbox. Those days, I remember I used to go and um, check to see if I've gotten any new mails from friends and organizations that I do write to. But today, you can send emails or mails, mails to any part of the world with just a click of the button. Yes, the internet has really changed things, but still did not, does not change that we have to celebrate World Post Day. Today is World Post Day. And tomorrow is an important day. Tomorrow is World Mental Health Day. Yes. I know you'll be surprised. Why am I saying this today? Today is actually... Uh, we are on the IBM TV. We are really um, dedicating today's show to World Mental Health Day. Tomorrow is World Mental Health Day, October 10th, being celebrated by the WHO. And uh, we are on the IBM TV is dedicating today's show. You understand? And um, because today's show is really dealing on mental health as well mental illness, um, healing processes for sexually traumatized victims. My name is Mwamwachi Manelo, your host of Micros at 101. You can call me Michael if they, if they, if they're watching the mail is really difficult. And you can just follow me on all social media handles like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also LinkedIn. Now, if you check your time, <laughs> it is 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and um, 6 a.m pacific standard time that's est and pst so i'm saying good morning to all our viewers in us canada jamaica cuba mexico and peru it is 2 p.m west african time so that is 2 p.m nigerian time so i'm saying good afternoon to all my brothers on the west coast of africa it's 3 p.m central african time so i'm saying good afternoon to all our viewers in Zimbabwe, Botswana, Burundi, Egypt, Libya, Rwanda, and South Africa. It's 6.30 p.m. Indian Standard Time, IST. So I'm saying namaste to all Asia. Um, it's good to have you. So in case you're tuning in for the first time, this is Mind Closer 101 on the IBM TV every 9 a.m. and 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Pacific Standard Time. And um, here, all problems are the illusions of the mind. Don't forget that. If you are perfect, be the first to cast a stone, judge not, and you shall not be judged. My Closet 101 is a live coaching show that gives people the platform to ask questions that have been locked in the closets of their mind. Also, a one on one avenue for people to freely interact, express their inner thoughts without being judged where everyone can learn from different experiences, opinion, not only permitted to talk about 
to talk about our victories, successes, but also our failures, mistakes, and burdens. We discuss more of life-related issues that affect our daily lives, like mental health, relationship, family, communities, and the world at large. Yes. So um, this show is always on on the IBM TV from 9 a.m., um, 6 a.m., uh, 2 p.m., 3 p.m., and also 6.30 um, p.m. Now, let me introduce my guests. We have um, amazing people on today's show, and I can't really wait to bring them out. To me, they're just like um, a dish. <laughs> about to be served. Um, whoa. Okay. As we wait for them, let me see. Good. Okay. Okay. Now, she's the mother, an author, certified English teacher, freelance writer, editor, author assistant, coach, poet, um, entrepreneur, storyteller, public speaker, a blogger. She's also a blog and website expert and consultant. She helps people become authors. She's among 25 successful copyright experts in the world. <laughs> Raped at the age of 14 while she was still a virgin, she turned into drugs, quitted school four times, and became very promiscuous. At the age of six, 16, she had an abortion and got involved with prostitution. At 18, she had Hassan. She went back to school and graduated via the single mother's um, program. She attended Lakehead University, having bachelor, uh, bachelor in arts and bachelor in education, field of study, math and English. She worked for three and a half years teaching in a small town. She quitted to move to her hometown, returning into prostitution and drugs, thinking the money was better. <laughs> but it ruined her self-esteem. She was suicidal for years due to which she was involved in an accident where she nearly lost her right leg. The, res the resulting scar deformity of her leg contributed to her depression. Her life got worse when her son left without speaking with her for three years, during which she had been taking crack for 10 months and the bust of appendix, which almost took her life. This didn't, which she didn't want to die without saying goodbye to her son. This really affected her and turned her life around. The event changed her life for good. So she finally reconnected with her son, her life. By the time she was already reconnecting with her son, her life was already back on track. She decided to pursue a writing career. She now owns a business. She lives a clean life, spending a lot of time helping others. She has five honors and awards to her credit, which is the Kawanda um, Club of Westford Scholarship Award. Lakehead Board of Education, Dancing Education Scholarship, Lakehead University Entrance Award of Academic Excellence, Lakehead University um, Student Union Silver Jubilee Scholarship, OAC Gold Award, Gold Medal Award, yes. She's the CEO of Warding Well, hmm, with two fast-selling books on the Amazon, which she will soon be a bestseller very soon. I bet she will promise you. Very soon, she'll be a bestseller because I do have bestsellers on my show. I've had two. And I believe she'll be the third to be on my closet 101. Um, her books are from Nope to Nope to Hope and Risky Issues. I recommend that you get them because I'll be 
they're already on my list for 2021. So please do get those books and start reading them. It helps help you um, get off whatever situation. And you get to know someone, how she transformed her life from negative to a positive, positive vibe. Yes, all the way from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. She speaks Spanish and English. Voila, I present to you, Lauren Rigoli. Hi, Lauren. Hi, how are you, Michael? I'm good. Good morning. Good morning. Now, you're going to tell us good morning in Spanish, only that. Buenos dias. Gracias. <laughs> De nada. All right. Um, I have another guest. Uh, she's a mother, a public speaker, a gospel singer, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and an actress in making, graduated with a BSc from Federal University of Technology, a career on the stage. She uses her singing gift to minister healing to the sick and giving hope to God's people. She vowed to be God's instrument in the mission of giving a voice to the hopeless and the less privileged. The CEO of Diamond um, Laundromath, residing in the capital of West Africa, which is the city of Lagos. She speaks Yoruba and English friendly. Her name is Oluwa Ogusi. No, okay, she's on. Hi, Shane. Good to have you on the show. Hi, how are you? Laurie, how are you? Good afternoon. Good, how are you? I'm good. Actually, I I love it today that your network is good and um you look you, you look excited. And I know today it really will be exciting for every one of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good. Good to have you on the show. I believe so. Uh, okay, um, I have um, another guest. Oh, no, she's, um, today she'll be my guest. She's a member of the um, IBAT, IB, IBM TV now. She has, um, she's an Amazon bestseller. She's a journalist, an author, a motivational speaker, a podcaster, a blogger, content creator. Yes. Independent consultant, teacher, educationist, and also an entrepreneur. She has a bachelor degree in journalism and bachelor of arts in mass communication, media studies, both degrees at Asheville University, Associate of Arts in Journalism at the Academy of Arts University. She has a bachelor, um, bachelor of education, early childhood education and teaching, and Associate degree in elementary education and teaching, both in Colorado. Um, Mountain College. She has a lot of books selling fast on the Amazon, like I Win, Review, and other inspirational books. She also has five podcast shows, Axe Win Podcast, Artwork from CP Podcast, just to mention a few. As uh, a competitor in the uh, corner, Ironman Travelion, she is the CEO of her own jewelry design company. Despite she was born with cerebral palsy, she has defied the odds by achieving everything she ever wanted. She taught the country speaking to schools and institutions to raise awareness about cerebral palsy and living a full life no matter what holds you back. She's also an advocate of um, veterans across the world and her mission is to help others with physical and mental disabilities to find their voice, passion, through with through through written or spoken words using today's assessive um, technologies as needed 
she speaks Spanish and English, and she's the host of hashtag Win with Win. Her name is Win Kelly Charles. Hi, you guys. Yes, I do host on IMTV with Michael, and I'm honored to be here. And the little bit of Spanish that I do speak, I get by. It's not fluent, you guys, but um, I get by in the language of Spanish. But I'm honored to be here and be a member of the IMTV family as of last Monday. Yeah. But I'm sure it's always on Monday for those. Um I really want to get into our show. I show it's more about women entrepreneurs. And I think we'll we'll talk about our show very soon. Um, I'm also thinking if I don't know if she's here, but let me kindly introduce her. She's um a well-spoken, articulated professional digital marketer, writer. Okay, she's not here. She's not here, but um I guess I'll be informed when she will, she will be here. Um, today, I really have a story I would like you, everyone to listen to. Um, now, the story is a letter written to the producer of uh, Mind Closet 101. And her letter is, um, she says, addressing to the producer, Mind Closet 101, she said, hello, sir. Praise God for using you to introduce this show, Minecraft 101. It's really have touched lives and I believe it will touch mine as well. Please hide my identity as you tell my story. I am 30 years old and have been living, I've been living as a prostitute. I really want, I really want to stop, but really can't. My grandmother was a prostitute and gave birth to my father, then my father got my mother pregnant out of wedlock, and later my own mother went into prostitution as well. When I was nine years old, I was disburdened by my uncle, and at 13, I already joined the prostitution club, which I am into till date. Anytime I try to leave the business, I find it difficult to meet my needs. Um, I'm living a wayward life of drugs, alcohol and prostitution for the past 17 years every time i try to stop i get sick getting a decent job is hard and i won't be able to meet my daily needs i sponsored myself in getting uh, my first ond which is ordinary uh, diploma just a diploma degree yes in one of nigerian polytechnics through prostitution and now i'm building a house in the village with the same profession I have lost four shooters because of it, and it's really hurting. I have tried going into business, but business won't survive for long and need to collapse. I believe that I, I am caused to um, I am caused to I am caused to never be someone useful in life. Thinking of my grandmother who was doing it in her lifetime, and my mom who is still in the business. Sir, I really need your advice on how I can stop this and become a better person. Now, to all our viewers, um, this is my Closer 101, so please don't forget to like our page on Facebook. That's my Closer 101 on the Facebook page. You can also like the IBM TV 
Facebook page in which you can also join us and uh, subscribe at our YouTube channels for more exciting um, shows. Yes, on the IBM TV on YouTube channels. Um, don't forget to send us your questions, your comments, whatever you feel about the show on, the, on our pages. And also, you can also follow me on Facebook, Melo, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and also LinkedIn. Just use that name written on my tag for watching them a little to find me and you can also follow me you can also drop your comments as well and let us if you want to and we promise to um hide your identity so um yes let me start with lauren lauren you heard the story right aha so what's your what's your take on it um a lot of people don't like talking about what happened to them and they want their identity to be hidden. And I think that's an important thing to focus on because they feel people who have had something happen to them, whatever kind of sexual abuse or sexual assault, they feel ashamed even though it's not their fault and they have difficulty talking about what happened. And so they might pose a scenario that is that comes across as being hypothetical mm -hmm. when it actually happened to them just because they don't want others to know that it happened to them. And so, you know, that that's that's something that's um really important to address because so many sexual abuse survivors i don't like to use the word victims because we are survivors after all and being a survivor implies that we have strength which we do and we don't often give ourselves credit for having that strength and having that, you know, that strength comes across even in being able to talk about things, whether in the hypothetical or not, but having the, the strength and the courage to admit what happened and, you know, start that dialogue, start that conversation takes tremendous strength. And a lot of survivors, you know, they they forget how much strength and courage they actually possess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that's true. Actually, it's... Um, I, I just believe that people really don't know who they are and the strength that they have and um, how they can change that... Um, Negative vibe to a positive vibe. I agree with you. Um, Shin, you're yes. Right? Okay. Yes, I'm with you. Actually, the background matters a lot. Okay. Um, from this part of the world where I come from, it's very difficult for people to come out to tell you this kind of story. And um, she has been through it. She has seen her mother going through the same thing. It will be very difficult for her to pull out. One, because 
a source of income comes from there and she's not relying on it. And for people like that, it's always very difficult to start from the scratch, build a life. It takes uh, you to have somebody strong, and not just strong, somebody that just with you. So for someone like that, at first, I'll just, the first thing I'll tell the person is, are you ready? It's not going to be a very smooth journey. It's not going to be, are you ready? If this person is ready, you know that it means that you're starting from the groups, the scratch. And then is um you start building it gradually to get hello. Okay, our network is off. Um till she gets back. Um we'll still be here. Laurie, do you agree that it's really difficult to start from the scratch and possible to it's really difficult to stand without it? You having that experience? Uh, yeah, if you don't have any support, it is very difficult. However, if you have support from friends and family, it makes things so much easier hmm. because you you have a bigger belief in yourself about your ability to succeed. Now, that's not to say that someone who doesn't have any support can't succeed because they certainly can if their drive is strong enough. Oh, she's back. Yeah, she's back. She's back. We'll let her pick up where she left off. Oh, okay. Sure, you can continue from where you stopped. Are you there? Can you hear us? No. Huh? Seems like she's having technical problems again. Yeah. Yes. Are you there, Shimon? I'm here. I'm with you. I'm hearing you. I got up and we stopped. You were saying something before you got disconnected from the network. Okay. I said um, for someone like that, you just have to believe that she can do it. It's not going to be an easy road mm -hmm. for students to change environment, change friends. Mm -hmm. and start from the scratch. So for someone that has been in, a, um, in frustration for 17 good years, probably a mother is there, a family. In fact, all the people she knows to be a family, are, they know how to be this person. Her friends know how to be doing this business. So it's not going to be very easy for her at first. But she needs to be determined that I can do this. Change environment, get support friends that believe that she can go through that journey and she will succeed get a job is very important because that is where she feel her income comes from i believe that that is um you know this kind of lie we tell ourselves and we just believe it sometimes she just needs to know that there's still this person inside of her they can be beautiful they can do something else apart from being a prostitute yeah are you with me Yes. Yes. Okay. When you heard the story, what's your take on it? My, my take is number one, I think she okay. needs to get um, counseling immediately and start coming out, 
to a safe space. Um, in education, and Lori knows this, in education, we are always trained to have to be first reporters, meaning that we are able to call child protective services. And so if that person says, look, this is what I've been doing and I need to get out of it, something, she needs to come out to someone to a safe, safe place because someone will be able and willing to help her. In my case, I came out with a witness um, and I came out to someone who was a counselor and I said, this is what's going on. I had a witness witness me come out and I had a witness witness it. My emotional and physical abuse happened on June 23rd, 2019. And so I think this person needs to come out to a safe person, a safe space, and start talking about it. And I agree with Roy that having friends and family could be a spot, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. And a lot of people who haven't been in the camps of me, Roy, and myself, Roy, and Sue, um, they tend to say, I'm sorry that happened to you. My own stepmom that witnessed what I went through personally still says to this day, I'm sorry that happened to you. So until until you already come out, I think that it's gonna be a long hard bone for um that person and I think she should come out to a counselor first and then um and then start processing it with her friends and family because if she does it the other way around, the friend and family can't do anything. Thank you, Wynn. Great. Um, Lauren, back to you. This question goes to you because of uh, you've been you've been a survivor, so um, and you got out of it and I believe she will want to hear from you how you got out of it. Saying um, getting out of uh, the business is really, really difficult. Let's not forget she got raped at the age of um, nine, you know, and I'll tell you the truth, I was shocked that she got into prostitution at the age of 13. Wow, that's, that's quite a tender age. And sorry to say this, I'm sorry I'm going to say this. 
I'm trying to imagine how a man will be dealing with such a little girl because I believe she's, she, she was a little girl at that very age. You understand? But at the same time, let me still not forget, we still have um, teenagers still coming to to help these people out in their businesses. So um, now, I believe she want to hear from you how you got out of it because like from your bio, you went into teaching and all of a sudden you left because you felt the money you were getting from that business was really better than that. Then today you've stopped. And you're telling us it's difficult. Share your experience how you got out of it. How were you able to be the Lauren of today among the most 25 successful writers in the world? Please do want to hear that. Yeah, so as um as uh she Sam was saying earlier, you need to sever contacts with your current friends and put yourself in a different environment. That is really important because you won't be able to change your life until you do that. Yeah. And for me, my experience was I started spending time with my mom and dad at their place. And I, I got off the street and got away from the drugs and got away from that whole scene just because I was in a different environment and I had support from those people. Now, not everyone's going to have um, that kind of support available. So it's going to come down to how badly that person wants to get out of the situation they're in. Help does exist. There's shelters out there for battered women. There's all kinds of different support that's available, but you have to want it bad enough and you have to be willing to make those changes. You have to be willing to maybe move, move to either a different area or even a different city or town, if that's what it takes to get away from it all. Yeah, when what did you, you wanted to say something? I, I wanted to say something as to she's going to have to cut ties from her what she's doing now to start healing herself, not only come out in a safe space, but she's going to have to cut ties from what she's doing now. I agree with Roy that you're going to have to cut ties to in order to heal yourself. And there are jobs, uh, opportunities are plenty in those women's shelters. In those, there are people that deal with communities day in, day out. She's just going to have to find those who deal with the communities day in, day out. They call them um, community engagement officers or community resource officers. And she's just going to, this person you speak of, Michael, 
is going to have to figure out who is in her circle that could help her find a job. And immediately after she reports it, immediately cut ties with what she's doing. Yeah, that's a good point about working and helping other people and finding a job because you know you need to obviously have money in order to support yourself and live you need money to pay the rent or you need money to pay the bills so as someone is transitioning from a life where they're making money so freely but it's costing them so much emotionally and mentally because I mean, and that's True. and that needs to be talked about because the emotional aspect and the mental the effects of on your mental health of being a prostitute is really devastating. And the person who is like, I can speak from my own experience. When I was working on the street, when I was working on the street, I would you know dress up and make myself look you're basically lying to yourself about your true self and who you are number two you're putting yourself in a situation that's not healthy and that's going to have a negative effect on your self-image because people who work in the field of prostitution are often stereotyped and looked upon negatively and looked upon as dirty and looked upon as you know being being a drug addict or being worthless or being less than uh, as not being deemed re, uh, deemed worthy of having respect and all of those things destroy you like they they really do they they eat away at you and you try to pretend that it's not happening but there's going to come a point where things will just come to a head and you and you need to you need to be able to admit that to yourself and you need to be able to say hey you know what i'm sick and tired of being used and abused surely there's something better for me in this world and finding a job doing something different where you're going to earn the same level of money might not happen right away. However, if you can pull yourself out of that situation and like Wynn said, go into the community and look for jobs that are available, maybe through the women's shelter, you know, you can just talk to people and say, Hey, you know what? I'd rather, I, I would rather be on the other side of this helping other women helping other women get out of it, helping other women deal with their emotional and mental issues, helping them, you know, be an advocate for, for people of, you know, strength and courage and anyone who wants to really change their life. And, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's what we're all here for is talking about the different success stories, right. And talking sure. and making, trying to make awareness of sexual abuse happen because it's happened to so many people. I mean, look at the hashtag me too movement. 
from a couple of years ago. That got so many people talking and it spread so much awareness that now we've had so many women and men come forward and say, hey, I've been abused and I've been healing from this on my own and now I want to heal with other people. And so when, you know, when someone's working in the field of prostitution, generally speaking, they're there willingly. I know I was. I made the conscious decision that, yes, this is what I'm going to do. But the reason I made that decision was because what was going on in my mind was so messed up that my thinking was not rational. I figured, well, I was raped and everything, and so I, I had a low self-esteem. I didn't feel that I had any worth as a human being. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just, I'm good for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to please guys, and that's it. That's how skewed my thinking was. Now, this girl being raped at nine, nine years old, it's just a child having to deal with that on her own and then going into, you know, when she's a teenager, going into prostitution. That's basically the same thing that I went through. It just happened a few years later, like, but the parallels are exactly the same. So this poor girl, this poor girl has no concept of who she is, what she's capable of and what her skills are because she has never had the opportunity to be a little girl and grow into herself her true self all of that was taken away from her and she was forced into a different life just like I was and I mean it took me years to learn about myself and to learn that, hey, you know what? I am a human being who has worth. I have something I can offer other people. I have skills not a lot of other people have. You know, when it comes to, to writing and editing and, you know, things like that. But the thing that I, the most important thing that I realized is I have worth. And she probably doesn't feel like she has any of that. You know, she needs to have some time to just be a person. Be herself and discover who she really is. And that's, and that's where the healing is going to start taking place. You know, by having her mind open and having the support and the a different environment to grow and flourish in. Because up until now, she's basically been told, no, you know what? This is all you're good for. You don't deserve anything else. You don't deserve love. You don't deserve to be treated well. You don't, you know, you're not worthy of anything except being treated like shit. Yeah. 
And when someone lives through that over and over and over and over, they believe it. True. And I see everybody here nodding, like, yeah, because you know, you got you, you ladies know, you've been there. Like this is, and this is something that I'm really glad that Pastor Michael's involved in this because not a lot of men will take the time to hear the woman's side of the story. But men will listen to men. So if they have a positive man like you, Michael, they will listen to you. The three of us could talk until we're blue in the face. They won't listen to us. You say one, one sentence and they will respect you and listen to you. And that's why I think it's really important that we get more men listening to the survivor's side of things and more men willing to help make that change and make that impact on other people. True, true. Um, let, me, let me come in here. Actually, um, I'm someone that I hate people taking advantage of other people, like probably a stronger sex, having, having, um, having uh, overpowering the, the, the weaker sex, you understand? Bullying, all these things, they're too annoying. And I'm not trying to judge, but it's just that um, I've just gotten a new, uh, different mindset altogether. The person doing it is not actually perfect. I'm not perfect, so I can't judge. But there were two things I hate in life, and I could kill for those two things. The first one is never rape a woman. I could keep. I could kill a rapist. I could kill someone that steals. So it's actually inborn. And um, again, remember when growing up, we I she all understands what I mean. This. Um, this um, way of life we do here in the youth. Oh, you go, you go meet a girl, and probably um, she comes in. You understand? You try and make advances, and she keeps saying, "No, no, don't touch me. No, not in the mood. No, no, no." Then, while growing up, I was looking at it as um, one of those ways women say, "Oh, yes, I need it. Yes, 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 I need it." But saying no portrays that she's not cheap. You understand what I mean? So I I I I have that mindset of oh, give her her space. When she says no, let her be. And I've gotten incidents of where after the I had three or three incidents of like that. And the funny part is their girlfriends come back to me to tell me that the girl or the person or the individual in question said um I was a weakling. Uh, didn't I understand that when she was saying no? that she really needed it but to tell you the truth i respect people's feelings i respect i respect them i believe if, if you're not in the mood i don't need to force myself on you and you know in the process of saying no 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 and you keep pressurizing that is when you've already raped you understand and we've gotten incidents whereby the girl actually was not in the mood you understand and the person raped her so it's something that we really need to speak 
much about and no raised voice about because I was abused sexually. Yes. But I can't say I was raped. <laughs> I can't say I was raped, but I was abused sexually. And um, luckily for me, I understood what it means raping a woman. You understand? Shewan, I believe you have something to say, Shewan. You can say, you can, after you, then Win will go ahead to tell us or something Shewan needs to talk about. Shewan, are you there? I think we have a network issue with her. Win, while we wait for her, why don't you go ahead? Um, yes. I was going to say, I applaud you, Brother Michael, and I'll say this live, and I've said this to you before, I applaud you for bringing all three of us on to share our stories, and I applaud you being the guy that listens to us and and shares it out with the world, because I agree with Roy, um, we can talk to these women and these guys until we're blue in the face, but they won't listen to us. And unless it's a guy doing it to another guy, they will listen to you. But, um, and Roy's taking the hand, yes. But at the same time, it can happen to anyone at any time by anybody. It doesn't have to be a caregiver in my case, and it doesn't have to be a just go out on the streets. It can be in your home, and what happens is the abuser won't let the abusee go get help. They think it's fun, and they think that, oh, I'm going on Phil Tilt, and I just don't want to let my victim go. And so... Um, they just think i don't want to let my victim go and what i have talked to cops publicly about this i have actually talked to a retired cop publicly and um i was on his podcast sharing my story and he said you need to come up with code words that you can use in a sentence for that specific reason, as in, help me, I need to get out of it. And so I think if you can be let go for at least two minutes by your abuser who's ever abusing you, whether they're raping you, sexually assaulting you, sexually abusing you, physically abusing you, I think you need to have that cold word to use in a sentence. And I think you need to put a man in that inner circle who knows that cold word rather than a bunch of women because the we can explain until we're blue in the face about 
this, but if a man is trying to sexually assault a woman, in my case, it was two women that did it to me, and mm -hmm. Anna wasn't inside. But I think having another man tell the abuser to go take a hike in a good way is a blessing in disguise and i also think the me too movement has got to keep going and got to be more in the spotlight than it was this me too movement can't go away this me too movement can't go away and i applaud imtv for and i applaud you for bringing all of us on and speaking about it this morning because you're going brother michael you're going to start a new me too movement here now that you broached the subject sure Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you, Wynn. I'm honored to even have you guys here to talk about this because um, it's something we really need to address. And I pray by his grace of God it will, it will end. Um, Wynn, tell us your experience with being abused. I know, I don't know if you sexually abused, but I know you were abused. You told me that. Share your experience. I was. Um, I was physically abused and mentally abused. I wasn't sexually abused. I if know, I, I um if I was, they would hear about it loud and clear than they actually do. But in my in my case, two women who were family members of mine came in to my house on June 23rd, 2019. And they had a meeting with me before they decided to do what they did. And they had four witnesses. So it wasn't like they were at the house alone with me. I've always had someone here with me all my life to take care of my needs mm -hmm. and i want to make one thing clear that it wasn't my stepsister it wasn't my stepmom it wasn't my aide that was working with me at the time so these two dumb dumbs come in have a meeting with me and then i I, being obedient, followed them downstairs. But I knew what was about to happen because I got a very weird feeling on the night before. The night before, it was my birthday. And I got a very weird feeling the night before. And my abuser was and is a severe alcoholic she's also addicted to heavy heavy drugs and 
so my abuser and once the abusers go on fill tilt nothing will stop them my abuser said something to my aid at at the time and my my abuser just went from my aid to me to my stepsister to my stepmom And she didn't stop until um, she was back in her home country. Finally, I finally I told someone, and we started the process. I told someone a week after it happened, and we started the process, and then. Um, of calling adult protective services and doing all that and i know that in my um research on being sexually abused on being emotionally abused on being physical abused you can go to your local hospital and get a rape kit here in the united states correct correct me if i'm long way but um you know more th th about this than i do but i have heard here in the united states that you can um go get a rape kit anonymously and do it that way but the men have to have to have to have to have to be involved and they have to do what they call witnessing um, I don't know exactly because I live in Canada, but I do know that if a woman has been raped, they can go to any hospital and request a rape kit. I do know that. And I'm pretty sure that you can request it to be anonymous if that's what you want. So I think that the most important thing is getting that done if you have been raped so a note to all people out there in the future if something horrific like that happens to you don't have a bath and wash yourself until after they have had a chance to collect all of their evidence whether it's skin cells whether it's semen whatever it is to identify the other person especially if you don't know who it is, um, you know, because I mean, like, there's so many different scenarios in which a person can be sexually assaulted, just walking down the street by a stranger, out at a bar, you know, being kidnapped or forced into a vehicle, anything could happen. So the important thing is, because people always feel so dirty, and they want to just clean themselves after, they just want to shower and they scrub and scrub and scrub. But it's important to get that rape kit done so that you can figure out who it was that assaulted you. So I, and I'm, I'm sure any hospital in Canada or the United States would do it. I don't know what the protocol would be in other countries. I, I would hope that it's very similar as long as you go to some authorities
um, I'm, you know, any kind of ask to speak to a detective or, you know, somebody in the, within the police force who could collect that evidence, that physical DNA evidence, like I said, whether it's semen, whether it's skin cells, if you fought the attacker and you, you know, scratch them somehow, um, whether it's a hair sample, uh, whatever it is, something that will provide DNA evidence to identify the attacker and, you know, bring that person to justice, whether you decide to press charges or not. Sometimes it won't be up to you to do it. The police will even do that for you. So, you know, you can sort of stay the anonymous person if that's what you want to do. But the other person will still suffer the consequences if they're, you know, once they're found out like who it is and the charges are brought against them. So, I mean, but, what's it, what would the protocol in, in Nigeria be? Cause I don't know, I'm not familiar with what happens down in Africa. Maybe you could let me know, Michael. Well, well, actually, um, I, I can't really tell you medically um, the procedures, but I just know that when a rape case comes up, first the police get involved and um, they refer them to um, um, this body, I've forgotten the name. Uh, they look into it, but I know they'll be taken to the hospital as well. But I don't know if they have a rape kit as well. Uh, I wish Shane was around. Shane would be in the best um, position to tell us more how they do here in Nigeria because she was raped. And um, I wanted her to share her own story of how it happened and how she got healed. I think she's back. Okay. She's okay. She's back. Hi, Shane. Shane, can you hear us? I am here. Sorry, I have network issues. Yes, good. Um, yes, I can yes. hear you loud and clear. Uh, yes, I can, can see you. Uh, yes, yes, I can hear you. I can see uh, your technician is trying to help you with uh, with the with the connection. You freeze the game. Wow, come on! I need you to be on air. You need to tell me something. All right. Uh, why we wait for her? Shane, are you there? Okay. Now, um, when, while we wait for Sheryl to tell us about um, how the, the procedures, let me ask you, how did you heal yourself from this accusers? How did I heal myself? Well, yes. okay. the oh. first thing I did was I told someone because I knew, I knew that my mind was getting emotionally abused and physical abuse due to my training in um early and so i came right out and told someone but it's taken me a year solidly to um to deal with it because um i lost my virginity as a woman and i lost my integrity and why they did that um is because i have a physical disability and that's why 
they emotionally and physically abused me. But I think if you have a good support system and are able to tell someone, I think that's, um, that's a start. But also that's someone that you trust and tell someone who is a Saudi. Um, nine times out of 10 with my case and Lloyd's case, uh, the cops will be present once you tell them what happened. In my case, there was a cop over the whole entire thing and um, there was a cop in over the whole entire thing along with adult protective services and also in my case i was given the option to not press charges which i didn't do but i think in law's case and law's right in saying sometimes you don't have the option whether to press charges or not Hmm. But when let me let me ask you. I I um I hope you don't mind. Did you say those two ladies disvergent you in the process? Those two those two ladies both emotionally abused me and physically abused me. And even though I don't have any broken bones to say it was a most it was physical abuse um they definitely physically abused me hmm. Hmm. wow um when i'm sorry i'm sorry and um i'm happy you over it and you're okay and um, to talk about it it's um it's painful for people to disrespect the disabled. We should learn to have respect for them, help them when we see them, not make their life more, uh, make their life miserable. Because mm -hmm. I know you have this challenge already that you're disabled. And one thing I love you and Max and others is that nobody puts the blame on, oh God, why did you curse me? You understand? You just believe yeah. that, oh, I can still do things. Yeah. And why we have you on the show is to motivate others that are able but are disabled mentally to I get Yeah, mm, exactly. And um, yeah, exactly. And do not do not touch a disabled woman and do not touch a woman in general. It's so funny be and sad because when the my dad asked myself and my mom, why would someone do that? And they said, because he did not know how to treat women respectfully. And 
he did not know how to treat um, women respectfully. So that's why Harvey Weinstein did what he did. And now that the Me Too movement has come out, I think more and more women and men are coming out. But Brother Michael, this cannot stop. This cannot stop. We need to go fill tilt on what is going on. And we need to have a IMTV panel discussion like we're having this morning about this. And we need to continue the Me Too movement internationally. Sure. Sure, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, Lauren, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. I have about um, three questions. And um, um, the last episode, okay, I think we have Cheryl back. And I pray uh, my screen will be good, Cheryl. We can't see you. Okay, Lauren, while we will still wait for Cheryl to come up, and um, probably if her screen comes up, I might cut you short a bit for her to uh, have a no week no worries. Yes, because I think she has this network issues popping up in and out. Now, um, according to the last episode, that the first episode of um, healing process, you said people act like nothing happened or people act like that's victims. Yes, survivors. Let's not use the word victims anymore. Sorry, because surviving it's it's it's, it's a beautiful thing. A victim is somebody that dies after it and never has the opportunity to get out of it. Yeah, so. Um, let me use the word survivor. You said survivors, people just act like nothing happened. Like the survival, after it happened, they don't think, they pretend as if nothing happens. Or do you think maybe the individual in question is confused about it? I think both. I mean, to cope with something that's a trauma, people do different things. They will pretend that nothing happened and that they're fine and they'll carry on with their life pretending that everything is fine. Inside, they will have that confusion in their minds. When they're alone and they are, you know, alone with their thoughts and they're they're trying to figure something out they you know they're gonna struggle they they will have struggles in their daily life um it's unfortunate if we don't if survivors don't have the opportunity to talk about what happened and to face what happened so that they can process what happened um i'm actually taking a, a therapy course right now about cognitive processing therapy and it's it's called cognitive processing therapy okay. on the flip side there's cognitive behavioral therapy or known as cbt which is okay. is it's a very common uh type of therapy to help you heal from different things cognitive processing therapy CPT is also used to help someone heal, particularly if you have 
PTSD syndrome, which a lot of people after they suffer trauma, they have post-traumatic stress disorder, the PTSD. So cognitive processing therapy basically involves you taking a look at your thoughts, Mm. paying careful attention to how you think Mm. and when you think those thoughts and then processing your thoughts as well as the event which causes them. So let's say, for example, uh, I'll just give you a a quick, quick scenario. Um, So say, say you were raped by someone who was wearing this heavy musky cologne. Hmm. That scent is something that you're going to fixate on, right? Hmm. You're always going to remember that particular smell. Hmm. Now say five years goes by and you come across somebody with that same smell, wearing that Hmm. same cologne. Well, boom, there's your trigger right there. And that's all you're going to think about is being raped, right? So cognitive processing therapy and all the different kinds of therapy, like they'll help you deal with it and teach you to think differently in a more healthy way. So not everybody who wears that cologne Cologne. is a bad person, right? But in your head, everybody who, you know, because that's what your experience was. So they'll teach you how to reframe your thoughts and things like that. Um, good. I, I hope is she back now? Is she able to talk? She won't can hear us now. I I can see her can. on the screen, but I don't see movement. It's like her connection is, is cutting oh. in and out. She's um, issues. I she, she might not make it back. So yeah, so cognitive processing I therapy appreciate that. is appreciate. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really interesting because you get to take a look at your different thoughts that you have because we all have thoughts and ideas, but sometimes they're influenced by what's going on and they make us have irrational thoughts. Like our thoughts are, they don't make sense. They make sense to us, but they really don't make sense to anyone else. So, you know, being able to identify the difference and to be able to reshape your way of thinking and your way of processing things, you know, is a therapy in itself. Um, You know, in my book, I talk a lot about changing your beliefs and that's essentially what it boils down to, you know, changing your belief system using... um, I, I talk about uh, using positive affirmations. Yeah. So identifying your emotions and releasing negativity from your life, mm. um, changing your mindset by using positive affirmations uh, and improving your self image, forming healthy habits one step at a time. Like there's a lot of different strategies and techniques in from nope to hope. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we and this is we we talked about we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we did the show. Yeah. We talked yeah. a lot about this. This book's available on Amazon. It's about uh, the title is "From Note to Hope: 
how I overcame my suicidal thoughts and how you can too. And it's a self-help book for anyone wanting to live a better life. It's specifically aimed for people suffering from depression and suicidal thoughts so that they can immediately change their way of thinking and change their outlook on life so that they can live a life worth living. Um, because really, I mean, that's that's the goal of every single one of us, right? Sure. Live, a, live a happy life, one yeah. that we want to live. Sure. So, sure. Um, and I have to thank you, you know, again, for being, giving people the opportunity to talk about these topics and to raise awareness on these topics. I mean, just because tomorrow's, you know, World Mental Health Day doesn't mean that we can't talk about this any other day. You sure. know, this this should be something that people can feel comfortable at any point uh, bringing up on, you know, reaching out on social media for help, looking yeah. looking to, you know, any anywhere and everywhere, wherever there's some kind of help out there, wherever that happens to be. I mean, there's, you know, doing a simple internet search uh, will elicit sure. a lot of results. Like there's so many different things people could do. So again, you know, thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about these issues and raise awareness about them. Thank you for even being part and of the show. Yeah. Go ahead, Wynn. Yeah. Just say one more thing. Um, when you call your, I don't know how it looks in Canada, but I know in the United States, when you call a um, counselor's office, um, they have a way of connecting you with a suicide hotline too. Oh yeah, there's there's international numbers you can just. Yeah. Call a suicide hotline immediately, and then you'll be connected with somebody. Yeah. Um, for counseling, if you actually want counseling, that might be the process of getting that is a little bit different depending on where you live. The best yeah. way to do is to, um, you, there's different places online that will help you find a counselor. If you prefer talking with your family doctor, you can get a referral to see an, an expert or a counselor or a psychiatrist or whatever it is. Uh, you might have to go through your family doctor and ask for a referral. But the the suicide hotlines, they're, they're there. They will also provide you with additional resources. Um, looking online, if your situation is, you know, if you're not in a crisis situation where you need a suicide hotline, and you just want to reach out to find a counselor, you can look up counselors in your area and just make a call and find out what the process is. Because every place has a process. You can't just phone someone up and say, hey, I want a counselor. Yeah. Um, are you going to be my counselor? Like, there's a little bit of a process to get to speak to the right person. Sure, um, yeah. Because all counselors have different areas of expertise and you want to be with someone who can effectively help you. So finding that exact match will help you, you know, you need to do that first. So there's different ways of doing that. That's all I'm saying. All right. 
um, when you want to say anything? Um, I agree with Loy, but for those of you who will be watching this today, and for those of you that will be watching it a year from now, you need to get out of the situation. You need to get help. You need to go kicking and screaming. I don't care if you kick the guy who's actually doing it or kick the woman who's actually doing it off of you because you need to go get help. You need to go get help. This, oh, the abuser won't let the abusee go is a bunch of monkey business and don't get me started do not get me started because it's a bunch of monkey business this stranger danger that we're teaching kids is a good thing in this goals but it's also a bad thing because a stranger to you can do anything and they can be a loved one too they can just be a loved one doing but for those of you that watch this in the future or today you need to have the wits mm -hmm. to get that person off you enough so that you can have blue degrees and go tell a person of authority sure sure um so i guess you can hear us now Shame, are you there? I can see you clearly. Yes. I can hear you. Uh, I'm sorry, it's raining yeah. heavily here, and we are having a network issue. I understand. Um, you can yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? That, uh, I can hear you. I can hear. Um, yeah, I can hear you too, and I can see you. I know, but you have um, this. Um, this lapses of um, probably 10 to five, five to 10 seconds, 20 seconds before you get back to us. But I'd like you to first of all tell us, do we have a rape kit in Nigeria? If a victim, if a survivor is being raped and um, goes to the hospital, is there a, a rape kit that will be given to that survivor to help um, deal on the case? Or let's say, what are the procedures you are aware of uh, in handling rape cases in Nigeria. I, she can hear me. I don't know if she can hear you. Mm. We, we were talking about the police and collecting evidence yeah. or even the nurses and doctors collecting okay, DNA you. evidence. Okay. So Please, in Nigeria, people something don't speak out. What's what people don't speak out at in, all? When no, but in Nigeria, if they go to the hospital, is there something that is available to them so that they can get that DNA evidence collected? Okay, she was talking. I think she lost the phone. Okay. Um. Go ahead. Yeah, I said. Um. Can you hear me now? I said in Nigeria. Yes. Okay. People don't even do that, except um, the issue is 
Yes. Except the go there. People would keep their cases to themselves and not to want to talk to anyone about it. Go to the hospital. The only thing they will do for you is to probably check you for infection, probably just see if you're safe, if you have any um, tear or anything. Even in Nigeria, they don't see a counselor. I wanted to, that was what I wanted to say before when um when was saying you should just try to go to um some community or some have them here. So when uh, when you, when you're going through that to uh, to go to somebody that has been in and out of it, that's the only person. Can understand you. The um, I can say churches are trying because um, you just you can imagine going to a person and say, "Pardon me, prostitute." The first thing they will, they will look at you. True. They will no. you Kill your esteem, your self esteem. So it's not really easy. Nigeria is a kind of place where things people get people do things and they just. Nobody is prosecuting them. Now, um, I, I can tell you that every six of two women are blessed. And to shock you, some men, some um, fathers molest their children, and the wife will be away and they'll keep quiet. I've seen where fathers molest their stepchildren. And the fool will be like, I'm to keep my home because I want to keep my home. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything about it. Yeah. So this is the kind of country we grew up. And that is why I understand the woman that wrote this question, uh, that, 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 that sent this letter. Because coming out, who do you want to come out to? Who do you want to talk to? Okay, I've been into prostitution since age 13. As I mean, it's a child custody. The government can take your child from you. Yes, but there's no government that will take your child from you. So even if you go to the police station, the only thing they will do is just to invite the mother and um, just try to speak wow. to her. Nobody wants to take the responsibility of these victims. Yes. So this is a. So that's why I said I understand that. The first thing you should do is just to get. To change environment, get a job, and there's something of self-esteem. One thing, the thing has affected her self-esteem. She didn't get, she cannot do any other thing. She cannot that job. And for some Hindi, now in Nigeria, Hindi is just is is like it's no certificate at. All. So getting a like job a with Hindi, even that she has to do many. And when people hear your story, they're against you. You want to work in, you want to sleep with you because they feel that you were once a prostitute. So was this was so big, was a big deal about it to sleep with me. So she she go through the process. That I said is difficult because at the time she might want to go back, especially when you trust people and you feel that these people are helping you to heal. And these are the same people that want to molest you or harass you again. So. The first thing is just to get somebody that has been in there and that has been out there that understand and is ready to take 
are up. I was like, this is my responsibility, whatever come. You know, I used to tell people that in the process of healing, it's not as if there are times you will not fall, there are times you will not want to go back. But when you go back, just say, I'm not going to be. No, 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 this is not where I'm going to be. Just pick yourself up again and move. It might not be fast, it might be slow, but just keep moving. You if you're going to run, run. If you're going to just make sure you are not you are not in the same place that you used to be, you know. And um, one thing is that she just needs to look inward and find that beautiful self. Mm-hmm. She needs to just know who she is. She needs to just yeah. know. I know I can do this. I know I'm beautiful. I know I can get start um, learning skills. I know I can. You know, you just have to find that person, that inner self in you, and believe in it. So when people are telling you that you're a prostitute, you say, yes, I know I can tell you who you are. You need to first tell yourself, this is who I am. So she needs to just find that, that inner self and build her esteem on it. I'm very sure she'll be good at something. So she just needs to put all her energy on that one thing she believed in and build on it. And she becomes better. Let me ask you. I so much believe in that. And as for her mother, she just needs to be far away from that woman. If not, the woman will drag back. I have the story of a woman. Her mother has aborted um, I think like 17 times within the pace of three years. Whoa. And um okay. I can hear you. All right, let me ask you this. Um, my question is so there's no kit that can help get a DNA of um of any a rape survivor in our hospitals in Nigeria. You wanna ask me a question? Sure, hear it now. There's a delay. Sure, yeah, sure, get it. Sure. I'm still waiting. You're going to get it. Because I really need you to talk more about it. Mm. She, she was saying that a lot of people don't even want to admit what happened. So, yeah, they wouldn't even have, you know, the, the nurses and, and doctors and whoever wouldn't even have an idea to offer that service because, to protect for the DNA exactly. because the people aren't telling them. So it needs to happen. So I'm sure that if someone in your country went to the hospital and said, I need you to collect some DNA evidence from my body because this happened to me, I'm sure that there, there would be a way to do that, whether it's by them or by the police, someone. But the thing is, is the women need to be able to have the strength and courage to come forward in the first place. And from the sounds of it, even from when we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, she said that women, Nigerian women and African women stay silent. True. They don't talk about these things at all 
And that is something that needs to change. That is something that needs to stop internationally. And Michael, you taught Lloyd and I something this morning by bringing Sue on because I did not know that African women are, and I don't want to say prideful, are so ashamed of what happened that they won't take the next step. So for um, those of you that are watching, um, a mantra that I use is I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm beautiful, I'm independent. But in order for that mantra to become true, you have to repeat it a thousand times over. And that has got to stop in these international countries. We have got to ask the right questions to these international victims. And we have got to put the pressure on these international law enforcement to do something about it. Because even though we go state by state and Canada goes province by province, we need to collectively speak as one and speak to these international women like true to have them understand that it's okay to come forward and it's okay to talk to your inner circle. It's okay to, if you want to send a text message, it's okay if you want to use WhatsApp. It's okay if you want to use Facebook Messenger. It's okay to talk to Brother Michael Hobartis on here this morning. But we need to get unite, united literally and figuratively as one voice about sexual abuse, emotional abuse, women's rape, and because it sounds like Sue is having, uh, was having a terrible time and is having a terrible time with what happened to her because in her country's culture, it doesn't happen. True, true, true. Lauren, let me let me ask you this. I, I have three, two more questions, then we'll wrap it up. You talked about signs. Your teacher saw that um, she saw when um, when you were having those uh, when you were at that stage when things were really hitting you because of being raped and uh, and others. Um, you said your teacher noticed some signs. Can you talk about? Can you talk more about the signs? What kind of signs can a link person should notice about a survivor? Honestly, I don't know what my teacher saw, but she she was trained as a counselor prior to becoming a teacher. So she knew what to look for. Now, I can't really answer that question effectively because I don't know what all of the signs are, but definitely 
if you're looking at your students and you notice changes in their behavior, if say they normally participate in class and talk a lot, but all of a sudden now they're quiet, mm. that's a sign. Mm. If they normally always do their homework and all of a sudden now they don't care, they're not doing their homework anymore, that's another sign. So there's, it's basically changes in a person's behavior that are different from what they normally are like. Anything that's different, mm. question it. That's probably a sign. Mm. What was your What was your last question that you had, Michael? Okay, um, you said you were raped thrice. Um, now, how were you raped at the age of fourteen? Who raped you? And uh, it was an older friend of an older friend. Okay. Okay. And, the and other, I don't want to talk about the other instances. You don't want to talk about it free, please. No. It's okay. It's okay. Um, what you talk about food mood connection. What do you mean by that? Food mood connection. You said it on the last um, episode. So Oh <laughs> yeah, that was a book actually I just helped one of my clients publish. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, I've got that. I actually have it uh I have it here. Um, <laughs> it was a, a book that, yes, I do this for my businesses. I help other people become authors. And yeah. so this lady actually, um, so I did all of the formatting for, I did all of the editing. I did all okay. of the formatting. Uh, okay. She talks about so many different things. She's included, you know, a few images in the book. Um, it's actually uh, a very nice, it, the way it turned, I don't know, it's really hard to see, but um, yeah, it just, it turned out great. She talks about the different, uh, how, how the different foods that we eat will affect our mood and our health. So it's, it's actually really interesting, but oh, okay. it's by Lynn, Lynn Potter Lord. It's on Amazon, the food mood connection. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, all right. I just wanted to be uh, sure about it. And, um, yeah, that's what that was. All right, it's it's okay. I'm sure you're back, right? I hope you can hear us this time because your network looks good and better now. Yeah, we can right. see her. Just uh, yeah. can't hear her again. Sure, good. She's I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, very well. Okay. Yes, very well. Now, um, tell us um, your own experience, how you okay. sexually traumatized. Give us your own experience. Okay. Actually, what happened um, was, I think I was in year, three, year two. Yeah. And I came home for a program in church. Okay. And uh, when I came back, we had the Briaza. Very long as I got home, I was very tired. And uh, when I got home, um, the, it happened that um, that night, Ambrobas came to the house and they were close to 20 in, in my compound. So it was a- Ambrobas, 20 numbers, like, good. Yeah, they raided the whole street. 
when they raided the old street, I was affected. We, they came to the house. They broke in through the door, uh, through the wall. Okay, through the wall. And when they came, I was there. I was still sleeping. And they, yes, and they just came in. So when they came in, uh, the first, I was beaten, and um, the first guy just dragged me inside. So in presence of my brother and uh, my mom, and um, I was raped. And the second, you know, I was raped. And the second guy came, just with a gun at gunpoint because they had to point a gun to my head before I could agree. And you know, there were so much in the compounds. So the third guy wanted to come. One of their leaders had to take me, hide me in the bedroom, lock the door, told me not to come out until they are gone. So after they yeah. left, and um, my compound, we have like um, six tenants. So it's not something that is new because we're like, how you done? Uh, uh, I want to be the next. How you done? I want to be the next. So it's like everybody knew I was raped. Mom was there. My mom could not do anything because they were shooting at us. My cousin was there. He could not do anything. So when they went, I had tears that I was, I was in a bad shape. I was rushed to the hospital, conducted a lot of tests, and the doctor just said, don't worry, your tears will heal. And said, see a counselor. Who is the counselor that? I just, I went back home. Now there was another issue at home. People were passing blame. My dad wasn't around, he came back. And he was like, hey, my mom should have done this. My mom said, you know, you should have done this. So it became a family issue. At that time, they did not consider, okay, she's the victim here. She needed more help, she needed, you know. And they were just throwing blames at each other. The fear, I had to run back to school. And then I just knew that, okay, this thing is a lot about it. So the shame, I could come out. So I said I should construct a bridge from my house down to the main road. You know, I don't just want anyone to see me like, they say, ah, that girl was ripped yesterday. That girl was ripped last week. You know, that, that kind of thing. So I was so, so afraid. I was, I was, I was, it broke me. So I ran back to school. I had a boyfriend that not that we don't we're not um I don't allow him to touch me for years and I felt very bad that okay because a guy can just point a gun at me if he just you know get his way I wanted to heal so I started having sex with my boyfriend it was not the healing I needed it was Every time I was there, he's on top of me. I just broke. I just break down. I will cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. I'll try again the next day. I will cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. I could not hear from it, and it was like that for years. Until I began to, I just stood up one day. I told myself, no, this has to stop. It has happened. I went back to God. I prayed. I called it. I called him names. I just like, will you allow this happen to me? You know, when you have a lot of bitterness inside of you, I just need to pour everything, the hunger out. But there was nobody to pour it on. 
So I decided to take it in prayer. I did that. I felt empty. I thought that was the first step. Then I began to help others in it. When I hear, I hear people have been murdered or they've been raped, I try to counsel them. I realized that I was healing faster when helping people and when I was bold to share it. The problem about Blacks is that we don't share, we don't talk. Even to the closest person, we sure. don't tell them. We just feel that they sure. will look at us with a kind of eye and will be, you know, sure. to affect our values. But I was bold to say, I've been raped and I'm better. So that alone, I, I, you know, one thing is when you share your story or when you help people heal, you hear some terrible things and I just realize, oh, mine is just little. So it just takes you off. When you hear people's stories, you forget your hood. You forget your, you just realize that, oh, what happened to me is just too small compared to what's happening to other people out there. So rising up for people, helping them you actually helped me you. I just make people understand that if I could be this, after a lot of things I've been through in this, you know, in this my short years that I've lived, I don't see anybody failure. You just have to pick up yourself and tell yourself, no, I'm no longer that person. I'm going to be this person. person. And yeah. I don't believe anybody is a failure and you can't achieve it. You just need to find that strength inside of you. If there is. Just find the strength and just stand up. I can do it. If I can do it, you also can do it. That's what I tell them. Um, I've seen people that tell me I've been a person for years. I say, so? I don't judge. I said, I don't want to know your story. Probably if I've been in issue, I would have been worse. So now you've been there. Let us fix you up. What do you want to do now? And um, most of them have a better relationship. Because if you don't with this thing, it affects your relationship i've seen people that don't address this issue end up marrying men that will abuse them sure. and they just they'll just be in even not even just marriage if their relationship you hear them dating guys who just mess them up abuse them arrest them and i tell them until you find yourself until you see that value until you build up yourself and until you tell yourself you're still very beautiful in the inside, guys will always treat you like this, like trash, like shit. So nobody can tell you, nobody can compliment, just compliment yourself. That's right there. Sure. Even if you don't have you, it's life. I know I am the one that is walking sure. the road, so I know, so you can't tell me. Sure. So it's it was it took me like years. I was able to get right. It's when Lauren was talking about our experience two weeks ago and she said she kept quiet for eight years i shouted at like it's good years i kept quiet about it you know it's something people um i've been suffering from. we just want to keep quiet about it growing up i've been molested several times growing up because um a, the kind of area like you know like in your area learning you have like um all this wood so we have them like that in Nigeria that some areas are just so crowded, like you don't want to just raise children there. And if you raise them, you should know that things like this happen. I'd be so surprised that girls will be molested and they can't even tell their parents. 
because they are afraid to. They just they just feel ah oh, no 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 if I my mom, how will my mom feel? How will my mom look? That is the way we grew up. So me, my own experience, my mom was there, my 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 brother was there. Everybody in the family got to know. Everybody in the street probably knew about it. But come on, my life became more beautiful after that. So that's a it's an encouragement for anybody going through this. Don't worry, your life can still be very beautiful. Don't let that yeah. one single act or one single um um situation just define it can't define you no it is not who you are it's happened but doesn't define you great there's a couple great. things that you said that i wanted to comment on um things that you said that okay. I to okay. first of all i have to commend you first of all for sharing your story and having the courage to do that especially given your culture and how women have been taught to stay quiet. I think that's absolutely awesome that you shared your story and your experience. I'm sorry that you had to go through everything, but the fact that you're talking about it and helping being that role model to other Nigerian women, I just look at you with admiration in my eyes and that's so beautiful to see that you're doing that. Secondly, what I wanted to say when you were talking about why women, um, why women are so quiet, it could be because you're taught something different at home. Like, I don't know exactly what the um, African cultures involve, but I do know that being a good parent is something that's universal. And if you teach your children to not hide anything and to always be open, then that will help future generations know that it's okay to talk about anything so i think maybe that's something that might need to be pushed for and like enhanced in in africa is parents need to really stress to their children look you need if something bad happens to you you tell somebody right away don't wait to tell anybody tell somebody right away and not have any kind of fear of talking about it you know like if something bad happens to you we'll get you help so and i and i don't think that's just applicable to people in africa i think that's applicable to parents everywhere worldwide I mean, that's something that I always taught my son. And, you know, I have a very open relationship with him now. That's something that I always taught my son. So, I'm hearing an echo and I'm not sure, I'm not sure why yeah, it's going it's on. Really from our own side. I'm hearing an echo. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think it's almost time for the show to be over anyways, isn't it? Yeah, we're, we're taking a wrap now. 
Okay. I'll just wrap the show. Um, I want to thank everyone, especially uh, Lauren and Shew and Wayne for being part of um, today's episode. It's actually, to me, it's we're still not done with this topic. Oh no, it'll never, never be done. I'm still gonna have you guys on very soon. I'm still gonna get you on very soon. I promise you, guys. That by then I'll get the. I am working on getting a male survivor of moon rate and um, trying to bring him in to share his own experience. You understand of how he has been raised. So um still working on that. Um, I had also um someone that really wanted to talk about it in Zimbabwe, but I think um she's either having network issues or uh, probably I think probably electricity I'll get back to her and um I believe the next time we're gonna be here to talk about it. This time, um, like I said, I, I, I am grateful for sharing this in her time to come here to really talk. It's rare to see African women talk about it, and um, I know one that spoke about it, yeah, and I hope to get on ambition to talk about it too. I'm grateful for sharing. I remember about it. I'm sorry to say And from it, the main uh, from the figures gathered about 96% of the world experience abuse of be it sexually, be it physically, be it emotionally. And most times, some of us come out good. And most times, and the rest, some of us come out terrible. Either they turn out to be um, racist. Because, uh, you know, the
Thank you, Shewu, for coming. Yes. Um, today we're going to be wrapping up with an African proverb that says, A man who pays respect to the great paves the way for his own greatness. Meaning, what goes around comes around. So, whatever you choose, you should read. Don't forget um, to tune in to Red Friday, which is already on. So, if you need a brand, you can come to more about COVID 19, our Red Friday, your health, the hygienic way to live, your health, more about health. We tune into Med Friday. We'll be having uh, important guests. Also exciting, just the way Mind Closet 101 is. And after that, will be Financial Friday. For entrepreneurs and exciting, just the way Mind Closet 101 is. And after that, will be Financial Friday. Don't forget on Monday. Monday, forget Radio Talk Show with with Mark Lee and Ashley Green. Monday, Green. Um, radio talk show with Win. Uh, yes, Win is not a show Monday as well. And about Win. I got to know about it. Um, on Tuesday, Win. I got to know about it. On Tuesday, and really need to speak out to have ground. Side. That's a really need to speak out to have ground. Sorry about the background. On Tuesday is On Tuesday, celebrities coming to talk the IBM We have this in China, where tells us more about China food and country in China. On Wednesday is Startup Wednesday for talk. Thanks for having me. I have to go. I've got an appointment in five minutes. I gotta get ready. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I have to go. I've got an appointment in five minutes. I gotta get ready. Thank you. Thank you. Um, on Wednesday, startup Wednesday, with Wednesday also. Wednesday, we have podcast Wednesday. We have podcast from all over the world. We come and we talk about life. Come to talk about the talk about life. Talk about the politics, news, entertainment, food, and we get to hear Lynn Shepard talk about solar farms. Which we get to hear Lynn Shepard talk about every show. We also have a podcast which I did mid Friday and mine closed with one on one on Friday. We also have, sorry, on Thursday we have game, um, game, extremers then, by those game lovers. If you want to know new games, we also have, sorry, on Thursday we have game, game, more about the game world. Tune in on Thursday, we have Friday, mid Friday, and mine closed with one on one. On Saturday we have spiritual Saturday. Where you get to hear live music from our teacher on the idea. We have very Saturday School of Economic Teacher for all Saturday. School of Economics, we share it. Don't forget to talk more. I think I'll be
to speak and have a voice on the online TV. Um, now to all my audiences, please, uh, to my audience, please um, don't forget to follow me on social media handles on Facebook, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, from watching a mellow. And um, you can also follow me on my podcast, um, Three Minutes with um, Jesus, which very soon I'm trying to see if you come in on the IBM TV. So uh, still working on that, though. So uh, follow me on my podcast, get to listen to um, messages from the throne of grace. We'll talk more there. And um, podcast is already on. You can also follow Mind Closet 101 on every podcast platforms. Yes, Mind Closet 101. Yes, on the podcast platforms. You get to hear more about this in the audio format. Um, now, let me ask you, what will you be doing with your Friday? Hmm? I pray you, you stay safe from COVID-19. Um, uh, the President of the United States, um, Donald Trump, contacted um, coronavirus. And to be honest, I pray he gets well soon, please. My wishes is to His Excellency, the President, the President of the United States of America, please get well soon. And from the news, he's already getting well. Um, if the President can contact coronavirus, who are you not to get not to contact coronavirus? So I advise you to please um, stay safe. Don't go out unless it is necessary. And um, just have fun a week. Have fun this weekend and keep tuned to IBM TV for more ex exciting, educative, inspirational programs on the IBM TV. God bless you as a sign out. Enable languages. Take care of yourself. Be good. And in India, it is Namaste. While in English. Bye-bye. Signing out. Bye.